St. Leo 360, a 360 degree overview of the St. Leo University community. Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. My name is Greg Lindbergh. Here on this episode of St. Leo 360, we are featuring part two of our conversation with Tim Robinson. And just a reminder that Tim is a Navy veteran, a double alumnus of the criminal justice degree program here at St. Leo University, and now currently works for the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office in Jacksonville, Florida. And be sure to catch the last episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast to listen to the first part of this interview with Tim. So let's go ahead and pick up the conversation where Tim is speaking about the most memorable St. Leo University core values. As far as the six St. Leo core values, I'm curious which of those uh, really stood out to you and any, any that you'd like to highlight. Sure. Um, I think uh, one of the, the biggest, I would have to say is uh, right now, what, the biggest one I would say for me is uh, responsible stewardship. And that, that always changes um, what I think is important. You know, there's, there's times I'm like, oh, respect. I mean, respect is very important too, because I mean, that, that helps me out a lot so much on the job, like just treating people with respect and, and recognizing, even if they're not treating me with respect, it's not about like, okay, let me go back at them. You know, the more, um, the, uh, you know, I, I had that happen recently where this guy just was not happy. I was, I pulled him over cursing me out, calling me every, all sorts of names, asking very uncooperative. He would try to, take off on me too. So, I mean, he got arrested, but he basically, um, I, uh, you know, after the fact, um, you know, he, he actually admitted to me and he apologized, you know, that because he felt like I did not deserve the way he talked to me because I was so nice to him. I treated him with the respect, even though he was being nasty to me, you know, I still treated him with him respect and it, and it went a long way. He, he basically admitted he was trying to, to bait me into overreacting and making a YouTube video and making a, uh, me a viral star, but that wasn't going to happen um, because of respect. But responsible stewardship is um, what I think is what I've learned is so important in my job now because, you know, it talks about, you know, being resourceful and, and rec- you know, this over, I, you know, overall idea of community, which of course is another one of our core values, but, you know, working in a community um, like, I live in I live in the area where I patrol now, so it's 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 different, you know. Um, and I like it though. But what I've learned is, you know, as a police officer, you know, they give you your standard resources, you know, for domestic violence. Here's a domestic violence shelter for this, you know, homeless people. You have this homeless shelter. They they give you some resources, which are which are good resources. But what I found is, you know, being you know community oriented police officer. Um, and I'm engaged in this um, program that um, at my agency just started a little while ago called One Cop, where it's uh, partnering with um, houses of worship and stuff. So I'm assigned to a church that I, you know, I go to, you know, once a month and I go to events and things like that. And what that has helped me to do is that I have like now I have like a whole folder full of resources 
So when I encounter somebody that has, you know, an addiction problem or they're homeless or a little bit of both and they have all sorts of problems, I now, instead of just having like, okay, I think this one will work for you. And then they just, they go into line. I mean, everything is part of the system. You know, it's all part of a system and it's, you know, that, uh, you know, not to knock anybody, but it's, you know, sometimes they don't work for people, you know, and when they just in, in a system of, of things, a referral to this, referral to that, it's just, you know, but when you actually start working with other organizations and you, you build um, your, you know, uh, resource list, you know, or you have like, I have a folder full now um, and you get to actually know those people. Like I actually, you know, there's one time I, I learned about a new, um, uh, uh, substance uh, abuse uh, rehabilitation place and um, near where I work. So I actually went and checked it out. I'm like, hey, I'm one of the officers that patrols around here. I'm, I hear you guys just opened up, you know, just, oh yeah, absolutely. Let me show you around. So now I know what I'm talking about when I refer to people to them, you know, like I actually see where they do their work. And um, that's, you know, responsible stewardship is is about, you know, recognizing your resources and and being able to use them to benefit the community. And, and to me, as a, as a police officer, I mean, that is huge right now. I mean, people all the time, you know, these people, they're, they're like, you know, nobody, cops never cared this much. You know what? You know, this is so, I can't believe we know all this stuff. Even my partner, you know, the other day we were on, um, we were on a call together and um, it was actually a military family. And I was able to talk about, you know, they had no idea I used to work there, but I referred them to my old job, Credo, because they were having relationship issues. And that's, that's what I did, you know, and my partner was like all impressed. I knew about all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, well, that's what I did. So being able to, to use your resources um, is so helpful because a lot of people, they don't know what, what else to do. They run into a crisis, they call the police. And I think it's great that they can call us, but I, I like, I don't want to show up empty handed. You know, I like to show up, figure out what's going on and, and having something, you know, if I'm not arresting anybody or, you know, if there's no crime and I don't have to arrest anybody or do any type of investigation, okay, what can I do to help them? Where can I send them? And um, responsible stewardship, um, I think, you know, has taught me that because if I, you know, if I didn't um, go to St. Leo and learn about responsible stewardship or any of the other core values, you know, it might just be, you know, just another with just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, you know, finish a report and move on. Um, but now I have all these resources that I'm actually, you know, able to, um, to, to help people. And it's to me, it's, that's, I mean, that, that's what makes it a great job, you know, is being able to, yeah, you go through things, you go on tough calls, you, you have some, some stressful experiences, but when you get to actually, like the other day I went and saw, um, somebody who's homeless that I um, referred to a couple of resources. Now she has a job and she's working somewhere. And like I visited her job and just, it was like so happy to see um, something working for, you know, you don't always get to see, you know, here, here's this resource. Here's the, take this pamphlet on this place and they, they can help you with uh, finding a job. But now to actually go and see them at a job and about, it's just a matter of time, any day now that they're going to be off the streets. And that's awesome. So, and it's, it's all because of responsible stewardship and, and being able to, to utilize all different resources that I have available to me. Um, I think that's an important core value right now for me. No doubt. Very well said. 
And just to wrap up your St. Leo experience, if you just want to sum up, uh, you know, in terms of what kind of advice would you give to a prospective student, perhaps, you know, active duty military, let's say, considering St. Leo and why should they give it a second look? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think it's, uh, I think a prospective student should consider, you know, what is it they're, they're trying to accomplish after school? And most people will say, you know, they want to go into a career or, you know, a certain work field. And, um, you know, I mean, that's great to have that plan. But what I feel St. Leo, I think, has the perfect balance between, um, you know, teaching you what you need to learn for that field, you know, giving you an education, but actually, you know, being able to practically apply it. You know, it's not just based on theory that, you know, somebody else, you know, that's been in a classroom their whole life just reads a bunch of books and tries to tell you about it. Um, the, at St. Leo, you're going to actually have people, professors that have worked in the field that you're interested in, you know, and they'll be able to tell you, you know, what that career is like and what the career is going, what what, what direction that career is, is going to, like, what are the latest trends, um, you know, what do you need now? It's a, you know, it's a practitioner based university where we're going to, we have people that have actually worked in the field teaching you. Um, to me, that I think that's an important sell because there's a, people want to learn about their jobs, their careers, and, and they don't even get to experience it until they actually do it. Um, whereas St. Leo, you get the opportunity to, to learn more about your career and actually apply like a lot of the clubs they have, you know, different events where they can, you know, go and see certain things. Um, you know, I know I, I learned a lot about my career because I had a class that I had to research my local agency, you know, about, you know, what, what is it required to join and, and that type of stuff. And then I ended up doing a, um, I had to ask about uh, what tactics they use. And then I ended up doing a ride along and it was like, well, this is okay, cool. Now I got to experience, you know, not just this career, but specifically this agency. And I want to work for this agency when I get out of the military. And that's where I'm at now. I, I, I picked, I wanted to go to Jacksonville because of their, you know, um, their professional program. They have a longer uh, academy than most other places. Um, they have a stricter requirements where you have to have a bachelor's degree. Like that's the type of place, you know, these are the type of people that want to be around. And I wouldn't have learned that if I didn't go to a class that told me how to research that I would have just applied everywhere I could and, you know, taken whatever job wanted to hire me first. But I, you know, I was really interested in, in coming to work for JSO. So um, that's what I think, you know, St. Leo gives the opportunity to just not just teach people bad ideas about a certain thing, but to actually let them explore it themselves. And, form that the whole person not just this is your career field but we all um you know a lot of colleges have core values and they have them hanging up somewhere and you might occasionally mention it but at saint leo you actually gotta you know there's a core value for every class and you gotta incorporate that into your papers and everything like that so you're, you're not just learning about your what's in your textbooks you're 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 taking your core values and applying it to your field, but it's shaping you to be a better person overall, I think, and, and a leader. So you're not just going to graduate and go work in your field and, 
um, you know, just be a worker for the rest of your life and retire. And then, you know, you're probably going to be a leader. You know, if you go to St. Leo University, you're going to get a job, you know, that you're going to like and you're going to, you know, do what you can in the beginning. You know, we all start somewhere, but eventually you're going to make your way up in that organization and you're going to be leading it one day. Um, if you go to St. Leo, that's that's what I feel. Um, so in terms of your current role, I know you've talked about uh, how you work as a patrol officer for the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. And let's just kind of go through the process of, you know, going through the academy and kind of what it took to get that role. And then even perhaps having that master's degree, how that benefited you in, in landing this current role. So the application process, like it, you start out with a, a form and, um, you know, it's just basically making sure you meet all the minimum requirements, which for my particular agency, you know, one of the big things that's different is a bachelor's degree or some other type of experience, whether it be military or corrections officer, or we have another position in the agency called community service officer where they do like traffic stuff, do crash reports, things like that. Um, so if they spend a certain amount of years with them, they can um, become a patrol officer. Then our academy, is nine months long. Um, this uh, the first part of the academy is the standard uh, Florida State uh, certification. That's six months, pretty much everywhere you go. And then um, what it our in North Florida, in Northeast Florida, um, I should say probably because um, North Florida is pretty big too. You have the entire Panhandle out there too. But Northeast Florida, so Jacksonville area, um, we're the only agency that that actually has a sponsored police academy where they actually hire you to go to the police academy and pay you while you're in the police academy and pay for your police academy. All the other agencies around here, you have to go to the police academy on your own, at like community college, pay your own way, and then you apply to them afterwards. Um, so we're, we're one of the few agencies that actually has their own academy that's staffed by the instructors, our police officers, you know, with Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. And um, they teach you and you, um, you know, your first six months, you learn the state curriculum, you take this test and become state certified. And then um, for Jacksonville, you have another three months after that, what we call orientation, which is basically now that you've learned how to be, be a cop, now you're going to learn Jacksonville's way of being a cop and like specifically what our policies are. Um, how do we handle, you know, you go more in depth into like the hands-on stuff like shooting and driving and um, defensive tactics, things like that. Um, in Jacksonville, we're pretty big on martial arts right now. We have a pretty big um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu program. So that's another benefit of us. And then, um, but following the academy is uh, we have uh, another like four months basically of uh, field training. So the, the whole process from the time you start at the academy to the time you get your own police car and you're on your own is about a year. Um, and uh, so field training, you go through four phases and um, basically what it is, is uh, you spend a few weeks with uh, another training officer. And then during that time, you move to a different neighborhood, a different zone and a different um, shift. Because in, in Jacksonville, we have six different watches um, throughout the day. so. Um, so, uh, you, you learn different neighborhoods, you learn different types of crime, different community issues in those different neighborhoods, work different shifts, you know, nights, work days, and then you, you, you have a different FTO for each phase, uh, except for phase one and four phase one is when you first start 
your FTO and then phase four, you go back to that original FTO. And that's kind of like your final sign off. You're not allowed to, you know, ask questions. You kind of just, he's kind of riding with you and watching you. And then that's when you get certified to go on your own and you get, um, you know, we get assigned to our, our permanent command. And, and then from there, um, we're on probation for a year. Um, but during that time, you know, you could, you're, you're, you're a police officer on your own, um, in your own unit, you know, um, so you handle your calls for service, you work your own cases, investigate all those. Um, and then uh, you could also do extra, you know, sometimes we can do extra things. Um, so like one cop is one of the extra things that I do. Uh, and I like it because um, I get to, you know, it's, it's a good program to be involved with the community because people, when they go to church, you know, they have that community feel. They probably have that in their communities already. When they're actually in church, they they actually feel like practicing it and trying to help each other and and working. And it's a neutral place where everybody's safe and we can be transparent with each other and we can talk about the issues in our communities and, and how we as the sheriff's office can help them, you know. And then um the other the other extra thing I do, I'm part of our mobile field force, which is basically like our, our riot team. Uh, so I do that. So that's extra training, one day a month of extra training on an off day. So that's but the cool thing about that is, you know, it's extra you're off. So you go to training, you make overtime. Then you also get more like range time. You know, you get to shoot more. So that's that's an important um, skill to have. Um, defensive tactics, we do more of that. So again, some so some of the things that we have to do as a police officer, we don't always get to train on. You know, as often as we'd like. But being part of these different specialized units, you have more opportunities for training and growth. You know, and I just. I took another class recently. I took a radar class. Now I'm certified in radar and laser. So I have radar in my car now. So I can do speed enforcement. Um, so there's, diff there's different opportunities, especially a, a larger agency like Jacksonville, you know, getting that formation in the beginning um, kind of opens more doors to go after. But once you're off probation, you can actually apply to be a detective or go to a special unit like motor unit or, you know, canine or DUI, traffic enforcement, all that type of stuff. Sure, sure. Very neat. And uh, what would you say your professional goals are within uh, the criminal justice field? Um, I think just continuing, you know, to work more um, to advance in, in the agency, you know, get promoted, of course. But also I want to, you know, I want to work in different places, get different types of experience. Um, and I think that's another reason that the Masters of kind of helped me is because I, you know, it makes me a little bit more competitive, you know, for promotion and stuff. But um, I also, uh, in Jacksonville, the city actually pays us extra for the master's degree too. Um, so the state gives you extra for your, like, your bachelor's degree, but in Jacksonville, they actually give us extra for the master's as well, which is nice. Uh, but professionally, you know, just continue to grow and train and learn and figure out what else I can contribute to the agency and what else I can learn from the agency in terms of any other trainings I can get, um, get promoted, um, do different things, kind of go, you know, specialized units. Um, but then I also want to continue my education. I, I actually was working on a PhD. Um, I started it, I'm, I'm like 12 credits into it, but uh, I just recently put it on hold because, um, you know, my son's only seven. So he's going, he's now he's starting to get into sports and everything. So I think once he's, it's still my goal to uh, get a PhD. Um, but I think I'm going to wait till he's like just a little bit older. Um, a little bit more independent and then uh you know so i could have a little bit more time or even if i went to like a 
uh, detective spot where it's like a Monday through Friday type gig, um, then I might do it. But uh, right now, working 12 hour shifts, um, we get like five days. So I work in Jacksonville the way we do it. I work five days on and I have four days off and I have five days on and I have five days off and I have four days on and five days off. So it doesn't know like when school, when you have like a week to week curriculum that you have to do, it doesn't always work out well um, in terms of due dates, and things like that, because, you know, when I was in the military, I had like a Monday to Friday type job. So I could, you know, that stayed on, on pace with what I was doing at St. Leo. And I could, I knew that certain things were not due on certain days and I could, I could work with that. But when you're working 12 hour shifts, then, you know, you, you know, you have different days off during the week. And then sometimes you might have to stay late because, you know, whatever you, you end up on a late call that you have to stay at or take somebody to jail or um, there's something going on, you get called in, you know, that, that gets tough. So, um, but once, once I'm a little bit more settled and, and I'll, I'll resume the PhD again, but that's, that is a goal that I'm um, staying with. And I do want to get into education as well. I still, you know, um, once I'm, you know, off probation and kind of settled into the job a little bit, I might start looking into, um, to teaching, you know, like an adjunct professor gig or something like that. Um, because, uh, I think it's important, um, to give back, you know, to, for me, I, I got a lot out of school, you know, so I want to be able to give back and, and especially reach students like me who, who might not have been confident or might be a little unsure about going back to school, but just being able to say, hey, look, I did it, you know, and, and look at me now, you know. And um, so that's another thing, too, because I, I went um, I went to, a, you know, I'm in the um, Southern Criminal Justice Association. But uh, so I went to like a conference a couple of months ago. It was just awesome to be around all these different people from different schools, but, you know, all criminal justice academics. And uh, that that. Um, the profession is, it's a, you know, it's, it's a big field. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff you can do in criminal justice and it's always changing. There's always case laws coming out. And there's new, you know, research that comes out, you know, it's a social science. You know, I look at myself as, you know, I have a master's in science and criminal justice. I'm a social scientist. There's always stuff that's happening in the world that changes what we do. And I'm not just a cop, you know, I'm, I'm a social scientist. I have to, I have to figure out um, what I do, how how that could work into what's going on in the world. You know, what what can I change, or you know, what what type of influence do I have? What can I do in my community that's going to make this issue better? That's especially true right now. You know, with everything that we're going on, that we have going on, um, the criminal justice field is uh, you know is in the center of 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 all the media attention and everything like that so there's a lot of opportunity uh for growth in the criminal justice field and uh it's you got to keep up with it and um so i think it's an important part of you know being a professional and um and a goal of mine is just you know keep keep on moving keep keep learning keep growing and um keep contributing to the field myself. Absolutely. Hey, I know we definitely appreciate your service, not only, you know, your military service, but also law enforcement work as well. And uh, so one final question here, I know I meant to ask you earlier about this, but kind of a fun one to end on. Um, So I know that you did deliver the commencement address 
at the St. Leo Worldwide uh, commencement back in 2019 after you had finished your bachelor's degree. And uh, I'm curious if you want to just maybe take us through the, the selection process and just what that opportunity meant for you. Sure. Um, yeah, I heard that they were looking for people to apply to, to be a, a speaker. And, um, you know, I was pretty involved and, you know, I said, okay, maybe I'll do it. And, you know, um, Jessica reached out to me too and said, Hey, have you thought about doing this? So I said, all right, cool. Yeah. Let me, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, there was a process of just saying, basically filling out a form of just our background information and what's important to us and things like that. And then from there, um, you kind of moved up in the process, you know, uh, depending on what you put down, like what, what would you probably want to talk about? And then eventually came around to actually preparing a speech and then um, sending it in and then having that review, just the, the writing of your, of your speech. And then eventually once that speech, the written version of it was kind of approved or voted on and then, we, then there was a couple of finalists that um, delivered, actually delivered the speech on Zoom. And then um, then, it, then from there you got selected. And then it, it was kind of a, you know, really of a, for me, it was, it was a big moment in my life because I kind of, I knew I was getting ready to get out of the military. I was actually in the master's program already. So I just started the master's. I, I think I was like in my first or second term already. Um, I'd already had a couple of classes towards my master's and we had the, uh, the commencement ceremony. So, you know, there's a couple of professors that were there that, you know, that I had at the time and, and they had no idea I was giving the speech and, you know, so they sent me emails and stuff. It was really cool, but um, it was nice because my mom came. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was just a couple of years after my dad died. So it was just like one of those things where, you know, I'd been in school for 15 years. Well, I wasn't in school for 15 years. It was 15 years since I started my bachelor's degree and then I stopped it. And then I kind of lost interest and then regained it again. So it was like just an awesome feeling because I never thought I was going to be able to graduate college. Once I was in the military, I almost like felt like there was no need for it. You know, I just, um, I was doing well in the military and, and I just thought that was going to be my career. But then once I felt the calling, um, it was it was a big moment for me to say that, you know, here and, and to be selected. And, you know, the other thing is, I think it's important to share. I, I haven't really talked about it before and anything else I did. I didn't talk about it in my speech, but I think it's important. It's, it's a little personal, but because um, there's, there's, there's somebody right now that's listening to this podcast that probably needs to hear it. But um, I'm coming up on uh, five years of sobriety and it, it wasn't uh it wasn't an easy thing for me to, to, to conquer, but that, you know, getting, asking for help when I was going through, through problems and, and, and getting help and overcoming that stigma of, of admitting that I have, you know, a problem like that um, was one of the things that, that actually led me back to school once I got sober and uh, I had a clearer mind and, and getting back to school and not only getting back to school, but doing so well in it and to be, to be able to, to get up on stage. And I don't even know how many people were there, but it was packed and uh, just looking out there and just thinking like, wow, look at what I did, you know, because I, I asked for help. And it was, um, 
especially in my field too, you know, I, I talked to professors about it. Um, and I was kind of nervous at first, you know, because it's such a stigma, especially working in law enforcement. But and there's too many of my my uh, my fellow officers and you know firefighters and nurses, teachers, like a lot of people in like caregiving professions that that have an issue with you know addiction and um, and it's it's tough to ask for help, but you got to do it and uh, just overcome that stigma, just realizing that um, you know we can, we can do anything once, once we get that. I mean, it's, this, it's like, once you get clean and sober and, uh, there's so much that could be accomplished. And, um, for me that, that being able to give that speech and, and nobody knew it, you know, like nobody knew that I had that issue. Nobody knew that all I had to go through to get to that point, to stand, you know, on a stage in front of all those people and, and, and give a speech to, to to, to hopefully motivate people to change the world. Cause I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff happening and, and just um, being able to, to say, Hey, this, I believe in this place, this school, especially like talk about the core values. That was like basically my speech and how to apply, how to go forward and into the world and apply everything that we learned to, to change it. Cause I feel like if everybody went to St. Leo, we'd all have, we'd have a peaceful world. <laughs> you know, we, we'd all get along, uh, wouldn't have some of the issues we have now. Um, but I, you know, just to be able to, to tell people, um, this is who I am. Like it took me 15 years to get here, but here I am, you know, like, um, it was, a, it was an important moment for me. And, um, it was just the, the feedback that I got, um, you know, just, it, it, it solidified, you know, how I felt about the school and, um, and where I'm going in my life. And I, I felt more confident that, Hey, I'm leaving, you know, it's, it's the military, you know, you get a lot of, you have a lot of benefits. You know, a lot of things get taken care of when, when you're in the military, when you get out and be a civilian, it's totally different. And it, it was scary, you know, but being able to give that speech basically was, was for me saying, I'm ready, you know, like I, I got it, you know, I'm, I'm here, I got my education here. And I'm ready to hit this world and, you know, uh, hit the ground running and, and, um, you know, do some good in, in the world. And, uh, you know, and I get to do that now and it's, it's, it's great. It was, it was a great moment. And just, um, you know, and I'm forever grateful that, you know, that St. Leo believed that much in me to, to pick me for that, you know, just, it was humbling and, um, meant a lot. So, um, I'm glad to, to, to come and, and do um, anything else I can, you know, for school anytime, you know, I get asked to, to help out with something. I'm, I'm always glad because I love the school and I'm, I'm uh, you know, always happy to help a current student, another alumni, whatever the case may be. Uh, but I think we, we have, we have a good thing going and um, we, we got to keep it going and keep it strong and, and, uh, and, you know, take our core values and, and teach the world what we're all about. And um, I think we'll accomplish a lot. No doubt. Excellent. I think that's a great message and really appreciate your willingness to share that, that personal struggle and overcoming that. Uh, I think that's, you know, shows just how real you are. And like you said, there's so many others struggling in, in similar boats and it just goes to show if you work hard and, and get help and persevere, no matter what situation you're in, you can accomplish things like getting a degree 
uh, or so many other things in life. All right, so again, our guest has been Tim Robinson here on this episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. And Tim, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate all of your insight and just so grateful how much St. Leo has been able to benefit you in your career and in your life. And uh, thank you so much for your time and thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Absolutely, Greg. Anytime. Thank you for the opportunity. I was glad to be here today. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877-622-2009 or visit stleo.edu.